Welcome back, everyone, to a new episode of 90 and 60 Plus. Um, your host this week, Chris, and I've got my three other co-hosts with me. We've got Christian. Hey, what's up, Chris? We got Aldo. Hey, what's up, guys? And we got Saul. Yo, what's up? So we've seen in the Premier League a few big money signings made, especially early Nyland to Man City and Darwin Nunes to Liverpool. And uh, we're just going to talk about which ones are worth it. Do you think they're going to live up to the hype? So let's just start with these two big ones. Uh, let's say Holland. You guys know how I feel about him. How about you guys? I hope he flops. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> now, nah, but it's, well, a, it's a good signing. I think it's a good signing for City either way. Uh, they needed a number nine. They got a really good number nine with Holland and one for the future too. I mean, he's what, 21 years old? So, I still wouldn't say he's worth the price they paid. Was it a hundred million, or how I think much? It was seventy around there. Oh no, they paid the the release cost, right? Yep. And it was like yeah, around seventy. Actually, yeah, I think he's worth seventy mil for his age and 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 the amount of talent he has as a as a striker like that at his age. Yeah, I think he's worth that. Another thing that comes with Holland is uh. There was rumors of him going to Real Madrid, going to Spain. And uh, I think a lot of people are surprised that he chose Man City instead of those teams. Um, of course, his dad was a Man City player. And uh, the news has come out that he was a fan as a young kid. So I think it's kind of maybe he's a fan of the club. Maybe it's his dream to play here. And then maybe he renews his contract in a couple of years instead of going to PSG or Real Madrid, like people were saying. I think he really has connections in the club, and maybe he'll stay for a long time. I mean, you guys all know how I feel about players that are sold for transfer fees upwards of $70 million. Normally, they don't... Uh, what's the word? They don't hit, but I think Holland will be one of the rare exceptions here. He's a great player, great goal scorer. I don't really see how he fits into Pep's system, but I have no doubt Pep will mold him into the player that he wants him to be, and Holland's game will just... Elevate from here. And yeah, that along with the Nunez signing that was official this past week, I think the golden boot race for the Premier League is going to be very exciting next season. Looking forward to see who scores more goals, Nunez or Holland, and then there's other Premier League veterans like Kane and amongst others that have a say in that as well. So I'm definitely excited. Uh, this just proves that the Premier League is the premier competition in all of Europe, maybe the world. So yeah, I'm excited. But I don't know if I agree with you, Chris, about Holland staying there long term. I think he'll be at City for a few years and then eventually move to a quote unquote bigger club or a new challenge. Um, but yeah, I think he's going to be a bit of a journeyman uh, in his career. Just to yeah. get back you a little bit. Oh, sorry. So, but yeah, uh, I hope Ronaldo stays in the Prem just so it adds a little bit that more spice to that uh, Golden Boot race. Go ahead, Sol. No, so I was just going to quickly say, um, I agree with Christian for the most part, you know, I mean, I think uh, no player is worth that much money in a, in a normal transfer window, in my opinion, you know, when you're paying this ridiculous inflated prices for players, you know, it's like um, some of them are bound to fail, but I think Erling Holland is going to be a, it's going to be a sure hit. I mean, everyone questioned him when he went to Dortmund and he was impressive there. I think he had like, he almost had like a goal per game, maybe even more. But yeah, I, I have no doubts he's gonna succeed in this um Pep system and in the Premier League. I, I I even think maybe in a few years, you know, I know it was a release cost, but maybe in a few years we'll look back and we'll be like, man, the uh, Man City underpaid for him. But yeah, I agree with Christian on the part that um I do think he's gonna leave Man City. You know, not necessarily use them as a stepping stone, but you know. I just feel like he um, was heavily rumored he wanted to go Real Madrid, and I think Florentino Perez even said it today. He's like, "Why would I?" He's like, "Why would we buy Haaland?" He's like, "To bench him." He's like, "Cause he's not gonna start over Benzema." So yeah, I do think he will eventually move on. It, we could be wrong. Y'all just saw that he didn't go to Barca. Low key, true, but Mbappe didn't go to Madrid either, so I'm not. 
all that salty. I mean, I'm so not going to lie. I am a little bit salty, but I do, do, I do think he'll end up going to Madrid, if I'm being honest. All right, from one number nine to another, Darwin Nunez. We've all seen the hype around him. We've all seen his Champions League performances. But have you guys seen how he played in Portugal? Could you give me some insight on what kind of player he is like? Boy, you think I had time to watch Liga Nos? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Darwin Nunez, he's a very talented youngster. He, he's, you know, he's good with the ball. He's fast. Uh, he's got that work rate that I think... Uh, Klopp loves in all his players, uh, you know, and especially for a striker there. I mean, we saw the shift that he put in in the Champions League, just like you said, uh, especially against Liverpool. You know, he he kind of carried that Benfica team in, in those games against Liverpool. I'm not going to lie. Um, in this transfer, I am actually quite salty about this one because he, he looks so good in, in red. But it just sucks that it's it's Liverpool red. Was he linked to Man United too? Yeah, he was. He was actually initially linked to United before Liverpool, and then United backed off because they didn't want to quote get in a bidding war with Liverpool, unquote. Yeah, I mean Darwin Nunez played forty-one games this season, scored thirty-four goals, and four assists. I mean, in the in the league by itself, he had 26 goals in 28 games. So, I mean, that is pretty impressive. But the only thing about him that has me worried is I saw a stat that said um, he he had, like, I think 25 goals on an, uh, on an XG of 14 goals. So, he was expected to score 14 goals, but he had scored 25 goals. So, it's like... You know, XG is pretty accurate, so that that's the only thing that had me worried because it's like, what if this is a one-off season? Because it's like, we've never seen a player that, um, well, we have seen players that overachieve like this, and they've mainly been like one-season wonders, but, you know, to be overachieving your XG by 10 goals is is a bit ridiculous. So, yeah, that's, so I, I don't know. That's the only thing that would have me worried, but... You know, he seems like a good forward, so hopefully it works out for them. So do you guys know that with the announcement of Nunez to Liverpool, Jurgen Klopp has officially retired from football management? Who? You guys don't get that reference? Did you say Jurgen Klopp? Yeah, damn it, now i got to explain it. So anyways. Yeah, you do. A few years ago, Klopp said that the day he signs a player for over $100 million, it'd be the day he retires from football. And with add-ons, Nunez can add up to 100, but it was a bad joke. No, None of you caught it. But anyways, speaking of Klopp, I'm kind of interested or surprised, actually, that Jurgen went for this kind of signing. I thought he would look more for a Sadio Mane-type replacement, you know, someone that can play all across the front line. I was really hoping Liverpool would sign in Kunku, actually, because of that reason, but he went with an out-and-out striker, an out-and-out number nine. I mean, I know Nunez can play off the right or off the left, but... Ideally, he is a number nine through and through. So I'm kind of curious to see what that front three is going to look like. You know, what does this look, what does this mean for the future of Firmino and uh, Minamino and all these other players that have been playing center forward? Obviously, Mane is leaving, but we've seen Jota play center forward at times. And yeah, those. So now it seems like he fills in one of the three spots automatically. And now it's really all these players fighting for those remaining two spots on the wing. So really interested to see how that's going to play out next season I agree with you for the most part but I think that right side on the wing is also like confirmed to be Salas so it would only be Diaz and Yota both playing on the left both competing for that one spot and uh, maybe they can uh, they can play through the middle as well so it'd be interesting how they go through it who's going to be their main three this season they also brought in that one young kid from Fulham. Forget his name, but he can play across the forward line too. So, I mean, obviously he's one for the future. Don't think he's going to get a lot of minutes this season. But, yeah, that depth, Liverpool just keeps on adding and adding. Even when they lose a great player in Sadio Mane, they just keep on adding great players to the depth chart. So those were the two biggest signings in the Premier League so far. Do you guys know of any other ones that... Maybe you're not as expensive, but getting there. 
Well, one that kind of pissed me off, honestly, is Gravenberch to Bayern Munich. I mean... Yeah. Oh, my God. How boring. How boring, yeah, exactly, dude. How boring. It's just predictable. And such a young, talented player, and then to go uh, not even challenge himself, you know? I don't even think it's really a stepping stone to any club, but... I don't know. I think players at Bayern just stagnate, and I think Robert Lewandowski's comments that came out this past week are just going to reign true. You know, why would a player want to come to a club like this? And we all know the story. Bayern, uh, champions of Germany 10 years in a row. I just, I was hoping for more for Gravenberch, a bigger challenge. And sadly, I don't think Bayern is that challenge. Yeah, definitely not. I mean, the only real challenge Bayern sometimes has in a season is when they play European football in their Champions League. But even then, sometimes it's like, eh, kind of expected. Especially when the when they get those nice, easy runs uh, in the group stage and stuff like that. But it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, he's going to get some experience playing in the top team, playing with the best players there is. And he will grow to be a more mature player, a better player. But I don't know. It, it is boring at the end of the day. I mean, if we're talking about transfers, I don't think we can not talk about Shuomeni's official move to, to Real Madrid either. I mean, in my opinion, a bit too pricey, $100 million. But if mm-hmm. anything, I think this just, this just goes to show how much of a steal... Um, Kamavinga was last season for on the low low of I think twenty five to thirty, but man, another play with a big upside. And uh, we talked about this on our Twitter, but that future midfield three that's said to succeed: Modric, Kroos, and Casemiro of uh, Schuomeni, Kamavinga, and Valverde. Man, those those Real Madrid fans they have a lot to look forward to in the future. What do what do y'all think? I mean, it's good to see, but at the same time, it's. Uh... It's not looking good to Real Madrid. Um, that may sound weird, but the reason I'm seeing it is because, sure, they ha- they're kind of you know they're setting themselves up for success in the future, but they had to go through outside sources, where, you know, their biggest rivals in Barcelona, they they all they're also setting themselves for the future, but they're relying more, you know, within their academy and, and their young players. So that's kind of worrisome if, if you ask me. You know, what's going on with Real Madrid's academy? Are they not seeing, you know, the, the results they want to be seeing? Are they not seeing the talent um, that they're seeing? Or, or that, are they just relying more on, you know, the transfer market? I mean, that is the Galactico way, isn't it? I think that's what Real Madrid's known for and. It's just another Galactico signing. Some some hit and some flop, like Hazard, we've seen. But, yeah, I think that's just their DNA, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I mean, that's always been, like, a thing between us and Real. Like, we're Real, we always say they're bought, not built. And then for Barca, we're always like, we're built, not bought. You know, we buy, we use players that come up through our academy and stuff. But, um... Yeah, I got to say I'm a bit jealous of Madrid, you know? Because Tromeni, in my opinion, would have been a... Not perfect, but he would have been a really good replacement for Sergio Busquets. So, seeing him go off to your biggest rival is just... uh, It just sucks, you know? Especially when on the other side you're just... All Barca's doing is just uh, pretty much just watching out the window. Having them have... Watching them have fun, so... Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I don't know. I think in the future we'll look back, and I don't think I, I think he'll just look. That, um, you know, I think he'll be a good player, but I think we will say that Madrid overpaid. But, yeah, and it's funny because I saw an article the other day that said, uh, "Supposedly, this is from a really reliable reporter." Um, supposedly, um. Uh, someone go ahead. Uh, I'll try and find it real quick. I was just going to add on to that a little bit. And I, and I know this is the laziest comparison, but for more 
uh, regional standpoint. It's kind of like America contra los Chivas. You know, Chivas is well known for only fielding Mex- Mexican-born players, and America is known for buying either the mo- the best players in the league or across uh, North, Central, and South America. But, yeah. And then if we're talking about Real Madrid, we can also talk about Rudiger, official through the door on a free transfer. I'm really curious to see what you guys think about this because I personally think Rudiger plays best in a back three, which Real Madrid does not play currently. So are they going to switch up their system to accommodate for Rudiger or are they going to slot him in the middle and someone like David Alaba will move to left back? But then what does that mean for Furlan Mendy? Uh, I don't know. There's a lot of questions about this. What do you what do y'all think? I just can't see Madrid playing three at the back and moving at. David Alaba to the left back position, especially after the season he's had playing left center back. I think he's going to occupy that right center back position that Militao is using. Um, even though he's had a good season, I think Rudiger is a better player. Uh, yeah, I just can't see them move to a back three just to accommodate just to accommodate Rudiger. Uh, yeah, I agree with Chris. I don't see them moving to a back three, but um. I did see an article that said what you said, where um, they were possibly looking to move Alaba to left back and Rudiger as a center back. And we have to also remember, I'm pretty sure Rudiger plays in a 4-3-3 for Germany, or a 4 at the back for Germany. He does pretty well there, but yeah, I read that they were looking to move Alaba to left back, and then that they were going to pretty much get rid of Mendy. I mean, you got to remember this guy's injury prone. He seems to come back, play like two, three games in a row, and then he's out for like, uh, like two weeks or something. But it's crazy. But it it was a reliable reporter, but he's the only person I've seen reported, so uh, I wouldn't take it too serious at the moment. But I'd say it's definitely a possibility they'd be open to. Yo, and speaking of left backs, uh, bring it back to the Premier League. Uh, Spurs, they've actually had a great transfer window so far, in my opinion. Uh, they brought through the door Ivan Perisic, who I think will flourish under Conte in the wing-back role, left wing-back. When he came back to Inter last season after winning the Champions League in Bayern Munich the season before, he excelled as a left winger. But then a lot of people questioned if he's going to fit Inter's system with the uh, wing-backs, but he excelled as a wing-back. So I can really see him doing well in this system under Conte. So that signing along with uh, Juve's... How do you guys say this guy's name? Bis- Bisoma? Oh, Ives, Bizuma, Bizuma. Yeah, also a great signing in my opinion, just adding depth to that midfield. And yeah, uh, Conte, uh, I know that they got a shareholder or something. Basically a lot of income, a lot of revenue came to the club and they're spending it wisely, in my opinion. So look out for them in 2022, 2023, 2024. Yeah, Bizuma, I think it's definitely a steal for the rumored price of $25 million, but... Yeah, so quickly, I found the article and it says... Um, Paul Mitchell, which is the Monaco sporting director, it says he leveraged PSG and Liverpool's interest very well to get over um, the initial $60 million that they were demanding for Chouameni from Madrid in January. And that there's a, there's a, what would be the correct word? Not rumors, but there's, um, people are saying that, pretty much rumors, I guess, that they word it as their storytelling. That going around that supposedly um, that Real no Real Madrid beat uh, PSG for the signing and whatnot, but it's been said that PSG actually never even made a bid, and that pretty much they just used PSG to um, get a higher offer from Real Madrid. So that's crazy. You know, that's a good sporting director, right there. Must be nice. Yo, I got some breaking news for y'all. This is just in an hour ago from Fabrizio Romano. But Mexico's star at center back, Johan Vasquez, is going to actually stay up in Serie A this season with newly promoted side Cremonce. I think that's how you say it. So kind of disappointing to see him join a team that literally just came up that's obviously going to be fighting for relegation when he was linked with teams like likes of Lazio and Atalanta. But I'm still excited to see him uh, stretch his struts over and Italy's top flight division so I thought I'd quickly mention that yeah. it's bittersweet for sure are there any other big transfers out there that we haven't ta- mentioned or no I mean 
Federico Chiesa and Nuno Mendes, I mean, their clubs officially bought them from their loan, but they call them big. Um, I mean, Brendan Arison's the other big one. He's American, you know, he made a lot of noise. I think he's Leeds' most expensive transfer ever. So, that's crazy. Let's uh, see how that works out, because supposedly Bielsa wanted him really bad. He wanted him, like, wanted him so much that he even um you know refused to it's rumored but a lot of Leeds fans were saying that he was like refusing to buy other players until he got Brendan Harrison. So that's interesting and then apparently I guess that interest carried over and now he's reunited with uh Jesse Marsh. Yeah. And we're obviously talking about official confirmed transfers, but if we want to talk about rumors, that can be another episode in and of itself. But do y'all want to continue, or should we move on to the our ideal transfer windows for our clubs? I think we move on. All right. Let's start with the easiest one, which I think is Man City. Chris, no offense to you, but, man, the things y'all can do with oil money and the money you guys can blow on transfers is ridiculous holland is a great example although he's a great player but yeah man give us a little insight of what you want to see uh be done to city this transfer window to possibly elevate them maybe finally get that champions league trophy yeah i mean most of the business is done we got julian alvarez and we got erling holland two players that i'm very excited to see in blue this season we are looking for a replacement for Fernandinho. There's rumors linking us to Calvin Phillips of Leeds, which I think would be an amazing signing. I don't know if he would like to be a secondary. Maybe if Gundogan leaves as well, I can see him slotting in that position next to Rodri. But I don't know. I feel like he's more of a solo DM like Rodri. I don't know if he can play together with him. If Gundogan goes, Fernandinho's gone. I feel like that's a perfect replacement for them. But, yeah, other than that, maybe a left back. We've been linked with Cucurella from Brighton, a La Masia graduate, so he knows how to play the Pep style of football. Um, there's rumors linking him to be about $50 million, which is so much for a fullback, but those are the prices these days. Yeah, uh, those are the main two. I don't know if you guys... I've seen other rumors. Yeah, I was going to say about Cucurella. I mean, it's disappointing. I mean, at the time when he was let go, I always, uh, I want to say I rated him, but uh, after his loan at Hetafe, I really liked him. And I was like, man, we should give him a chance. But then, you know, Hetafe wasn't stupid. Bought him up right away. And, yeah, I mean, I guess the good thing is he has said in interviews, especially recently, and over the past few months, he's been saying he would, uh, he would love to come back to Barca, so I mean, I hope that does happen. But if he goes to City. I mean, I don't know. I don't know, but yeah, I mean, I'm not a City fan. I don't know. I mean, the one thing that did stick out with me was a striker, but you guys got that set up, and then a left back as well. And you mentioned that as well. But, yeah, besides that, I can't think. I mean. He's got some good depth. I'd say maybe, yeah, as you said, midfielder and left back. I can't really think of anything. Yeah, I think I was going to question when you said a Fernandinho replacement because I think Rodri, although he's not a like-for-like replacement, I think he's proven this season that he fits in really well in that uh, deep line, like hybrid DM position. So I think... They need to look more for a box-to-box midfielder, someone like Gundogan if he's set to leave, like rumors say so. Uh, someone that can carry the ball forward and uh, receive it from that deep uh, that DM or that deep-line playmaker that will be Rodri and carry it on to De Bruyne and the attackers. Um, but yeah, other than that, I mean, City is pretty much set. I mean, they've always been pretty wise in their transfers. And um, yeah, hopefully... And another year of development for Jack Grealish, Phil Foden. They fit the squad better. So, yeah, it's pretty boring, if I'm being honest. Another player that I would love to see as a box-to-box, as box-to-box, as a Gundogan replacement would be Frankie de Jong. But rumors have been linking him to Man United recently. 
I want to switch it over to Aldo and hear what he has to say about that. Yeah, I mean, like you said, uh, all all that is is rumors right now. It's it's just a long, ongoing thing. There's reports that you know the young would be willing to join United because of Ten Hag, but he would still like Champions League football. There's you know reports about the differences in valuation uh, where Barca is trying to get a hundred mil, and United has a closer valuation of like I think it was sixty or seventy mil. So it's just going on and on. But, yeah, in my ideal transfer, I would definitely like the young. Uh, we definitely need a, a midfielder presence in, at United, especially now with the departures of Pogba, Matic, I mean, Jesse Lingard, too. And I think it'll be good for, you know, the young to connect with Van de Beek um, and Ten Hag. So I'm really hoping that goes through, but only time will tell. And then we desperately need, you know, defense. Oh, my God. I, I can't stand another season with Harry Maguire. You got Harry Maguire. Hell no. Did you guys see his performances for Eagland? Oh, oh my Bollard. God. You mean that beautiful crossfield pass to the fans sitting in row three, section A17? Oh, my God. Beautiful. That's why he has 99 crossing. But yeah, and then I don't know how he, but I think yeah, we recently been linked to uh, Ajax, two players from Ajax with Anthony and Julian Timber. So apparently we've been linked there as well. Uh, again, it's, it's all just rumors. So I really don't know how it's all going to play out. I really hope that we just get players that really want to play for the club. Um, there's also apparently some rumors that we who were maybe going to get Greenwood back, but I don't know how I feel about that, if that were to be true. Yeah, I was going to ask you, like, um, the rest of the traditional big six have all made uh, signings. Um, I think Man United, and maybe there's another team, I'm not sure, but I know Man United for sure is... Definitely has not made any signings while the rest of the teams have. Like, no, bro, they haven't. How do you feel shit. about them? Do you feel you guys are falling behind? Or... Oh, of course. I mean, look. Or, or like, are you happy that they're Darwin taking Williams. this? Are you happy they're taking? You know, maybe they're not splurging out money like they would have. Like, uh, let's say it was your old board. You know, they probably would have uh, met Barca's demand for a hundred million. Like, so are you kind of happy? You know, this board is taking a cautious approach and like if they don't like the deal they're running away from it no because they've been doing that year after year after year for the past decade almost and look where it's gotten them i mean we we've gotten some great players through the academy um but we still have to look through outside sources in order to compete with city and liverpool and they just backed down from a bidding war, quote unquote, with Liverpool. Well, I mean, I mean, I mean, I, uh, the only thing I would say, what, what are you gonna say? I mean, it's kind of weird because um, you see United linked with all these players and how much money they want to spend. But I've heard that their budget was 120 million for the summer. So it's like, if they bought the young, let's say. For eighty million, which is what most Man United fans are consider a fair price, it's like you guys only got forty million left to spend, and it's like, like that's still a bit, but that's still quite a bit. But it's like gonna get you one player, and that's about it. So it's like, I, I mean, I they it might be completely wrong. Your guys' budget is not one hundred twenty million. It might be less, might be more. But I mean, if I that's correct, I mean, two fifty. I heard it was one twenty, but yeah, that's just like crazy um but yeah i think um i don't know i mean i'm happy to keep the young you know I, i'm more than happy to keep him um unless our valuations met and it says barca from barca reliable sources are saying barca wants at least minimum of 85 million fix so that would be 85 million plus 15 million variables and i don't think we'll pay that and um 
But yeah, because I've also been seeing you guys ranked with a lot of other midfielders. Like I supposedly someone said you guys submitted a. Uh, uh, you guys made a bid pretty much for um, Christian Eriksen, and that you guys are also yeah, interested in for a free transfer. Yeah, and that you guys are also interested in uh, Vitinha. I think he's a. Uh, I think he plays for Porto, but he's an up and coming player. Uh, he's a. Uh, he's very good in my opinion. He's one for the future. Um. Yeah, yeah that was interesting for like, Bao Torres from VRL. Um, it's it's crazy, and that's the thing you know that really annoys the shit out of me is we're linked to all these players, but it never goes past that. It never goes past that. Like I was so surprised when we were linked for Sancho for this for the longest time, and then eventually they it got done. And same thing with Bruno Fernandez. For those two signings, I was so excited about. But the Varane signing, that one was actually pretty quick to to what I was accustomed because they were linked that same summer mm-hmm. and they got it done that same summer. You know, and right now we're being linked to, to so many players. Like I said, again, Darwin Nunez was, was the first one on the list and they backed down. Now supposedly we're in, uh, linked with uh, Timber and Anthony. If I'm being honest, if I'm being honest right now, I really doubt those are going to happen. Yeah, I don't think uh, Timber's happening. Um, all reliable sources from Netherlands are saying he's uh, he's uh, he's leaning towards staying at Ajax at least another year. So I don't think that one's happening. Yeah, and then as far as the Ericsson one, that one, I don't know, that one might happen. I don't mind seeing Ericsson there, but we know he has the quality, but I'm leaning more towards a defensive midfielder. Someone that can control the defensive part of the game more. I think we've also been linked to Kante, now that I think about it. Oh, yeah, Kante, yeah, I think so. So, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's fine being linked and all, but you got to get the job done. You got to get we the look- job done. I mean, look at uh, Ives Bezuma. He could just got signed for 25 mil. I think that would have been a good signing for United. For 25 mil. It, and I think this day and age, you also got to remember, a lot of players want Champions League football. Eh? That's something United can't offer at the moment. And who knows how long it'll be till they can offer it. So, yeah, I mean, we saw Arsenal and... Tottenham all last year getting rejected by players because they weren't in the Champions League and they paid the price for it, so. Yeah, well. But we'll see, I mean. I mean, we're also linked to Declan Rice. What a phenomenal signing he would be, but it's not going to happen because of the valuation. But to be fair there, yeah, 120 mil or I think, what was it, 150 mil? Definitely not. So what do you what do you think you guys are going to realistically end up with like a, one center back, one midfielder, or like two midfielders, one center back, or, or do you just Ideally, think you're going to be disappointed just one center back? I, I I'm going to be very disappointed. If anything, I sincerely think we're going to make one transfer, and it's going to be something so so ludicrous. Like the time when Moya signed Fellaini <laughs> as the only transfer. And I think it was on deadline, deadline day. I think that's how crazy stupid it's going to be. But yeah, ideally, I would like to get um, one like a center back, a center defensive midfield like the young, uh, like Rice. And then, yeah, just one more attacking player. You know, because, yeah, we, we might get still keep Ronaldo, but he's still older. Marcus Rashford is, is not quite in his form yet. I think we're getting Anthony Marshall back, but I think he's going to be so... Is it in years? Uh, unmotivated to keep playing, so we're not going to get his best out of him. And then we got Sancho. Still, you know, he's, he's still coming up, uh, trying to find his form again. We would just need one more player there. 
Because we lost Cavani too, so. Did you guys see that? Oh, man, who was it? There was another Uruguayan player that we have. Oh, Palestri. We're getting him back too, but I don't I don't know how he's going to do there. Like, I don't know how Ten Hag is going to work for him. But yeah, either way, as long as I as long as we get Dejong, for me, I'll consider it a win. Now I'll consider it a contempt transfer window. But he's at Barca now. And we'll see what happens. But what about you, so what do you think? What about me? If you only giving us a hundred mil, we need some Frankie Dion. No, I mean like what do you guys think Barca needs? What'd you say? Can you repeat that? I couldn't hear you. <laughs> what do you think Barca needs in this transfer window? I don't know. Quite a bit. Not quite a bit, but I do really feel we need a a really reliable forward and a really, really solid center back. That would be my biggest. I'd prioritize uh, defense over forwards, especially um, center back and left back positions because I mean peak has getting up there I mean and rumors reports recently that you know Xavi told him he doesn't count on him for next season and whatnot because of all his off-field activities and stuff but that he told him pretty much he told PK pretty much that if he wasn't 100% committed that he didn't want him in Barca so yeah I'd want a really solid center back starting alongside uh, Araujo and I don't want a left back. That would be my biggest two priorities. And then, you know, if we can, a forward bit. It's been rumored that Wondowski, we were going to pay 50, we were going to make a bit of 50 million, and that, in my opinion, is not worth it. So, yeah, I'd say center back, left back, and a striker. And then, if we do get rid of Frankie de Jong, I'd say we look for uh, uh, someone to go out there as well, unless we use one of the academy players. What about you, Chris? Barca need a miracle next season. That's this summer. That's all I'm gonna say. Why? No, I'm just joking. Uh, but to elaborate on what Saul said, I agree for the most part. But if I'm being honest, all the rumors or all the all the players we've been linked with this this transfer window aren't that exciting to me. Then they kind of counterintuitive to the uh, system and the profile of players that Xavi has been looking for when he first got there. Like, I don't know that Wondowski, I would be okay with for the right price, but I'm not looking forward to a 33-year-old striker when we already have likes of Aubameyang, Depay, um, Ferran Torres that can play down the middle. Um, the only actual players that Barca's been linked with that I'm actually excited and I hope see arrive at the club are Frank Kessie and Andres Christensen. But other players, you know, I've heard us linked with uh, Aspilicueta, who I don't get. I don't think he can deputize as a center back as that well anymore. And then I wouldn't want him to play as an outside back just because he has getting up there in, in age and his pace is in there. Um, Lewandowski I already made my comments clear about him. And there's this other, Oh, we've also been linked with uh, Marcus Alonso yeah, as left back, which I don't get replacing a 33 year old Alba with a 31 year old Alonso. Um, Danny Alves won't return to the club next season, so maybe we can find a backup right back to Sergio Dest. But other Barca fans are saying that they need a new out-and-out right back to start, game in, game out, because they don't rate Dest. I still back him. I still think that we can give him another season under Xavi and he'll flourish. So maybe a backup. Obviously, we need a left back. Um, yeah, I think our priorities are to keep some of the players we have, like... The young like Depay. I, I I believe we should keep Depay. I know all all Barca fans don't agree with me, um, and yeah, I think I don't know. It's it's difficult. It's difficult. But at the end of the day, I would like to say I have Xavi's trust, but he hasn't had the best track record at Barca so far. But only time will tell. Yeah. Um. A player you didn't mention that I think in the past few days has gained some traction is 
Jules Kunde, center back for our Sevilla, but supposedly it's difficult because reliable sources are contradicting each other. You know, some are saying he's closer to Chelsea, and then some other ones are saying that he's actually declined Chelsea because he prefers to go to Barca. So it's difficult, but they're both, and they're all reliable sources, but the reliable source, you know, the one that I chose to believe because, you know, it went towards Barca was that he was, uh, he was going to go to Barca. If Barca managed to pull the money together and make a bid that he would go to Barca instead and that negotiations were advanced. And I think he would be a perfect pairing with uh, uh, Ronald Araujo. And then if we played a, it also seems, everything seems to indicate with all the players we're targeting that we would be playing a 3-4-3 this upcoming year. I mean, we're targeting Aspilicueta, who's a right wing back, and Alonso, who's used to playing a left wing back. So, but yeah, Jules Kunde, I feel like he was slotting with a 4-3-3 or 3-4-3 either way. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's a big day for us, uh, June 16th, because that's the day that we're going to, um, you know, the, soci- the socios are going to vote on whether or not they approve the quote-unquote economic levers. If they're approved, supposedly, we're going to be coming in. We're going to get around $700 million generated in revenue, which 500 of that million would offset our losses which would then mean we would uh, have a $200 million, uh, operating uh, budget. So then that budget would be used to seal deals like uh, Lewandowski, possibly Kunde, Aspilicueta, uh, and stuff like that. But, yeah, the one player I'm least excited about would probably Marcos Alonso, like, especially because we were linked to, to so many great left-backs only to end up with Marcos alone. So I just hope that um, Chelsea does us a solid. And, you know, after they're losing so many defenders, they just say, we're keeping this one. Or they are, their price is too high. But, yeah, we need a left back. But if it's going to be Alonso, I'd rather we not get a left back at all. I've also read that if the Alonso deal falls through, that the Xavi's next target will be Zinchenko from the city. How do you feel about that? And he's a he's a great utility player in my opinion, but he's a bit inconsistent as left back in my opinion. The games of City I've watched, you know, there's some games you know where he'll do excellent. You're like, man, this guy should be starting for City left back every game. And then you know, then there'll be some games when you're like, I understand why he's benched. But I mean, if I'm being honest, I prefer Sinchenko over Alonso. Yeah, Barca's Barca's difficult because there's some areas of the squad that have so much depth in other areas that don't. So the two that I'm mainly concerned about, especially if we go to that 3-4-3 system that you're talking about, which I know Xavi implemented at his old club, is the midfield. That only leaves room for two midfielders, and obviously Sergio Busquets is going to start a lot of games despite his age. Frankie de Jong, if he stays, he's arguably at his best in a midfield pivot, so I can see him starting there. But, you know, then that leaves the likes of Pedri, Gavi, Nico Gonzalez, um, Frank Kessie if he comes in. Uh, Ricky Pugh, who I hope stays at the club and hope uh, gets a second chance this season. But, you know, that's upwards of six, seven players fighting for two positions. And then the forward line, I'm not going to get into the wingers, but, you know, if Lewandowski comes in, if we have Aubameyang, if we keep Depay, that's arguably three players that can play down the middle. So, yeah, a lot of congestion in certain areas of the squad. So I think it's up to Xavi to see what system and what players fit his system best. Yeah, but um, another thing, and it's, it's related to transfers, but it's not really a side we fit. I would also ideally like to get rid of uh, all of our dead weight. You know, we got a lot of players at Barca due to Bartomeu's mismanagement and just pretty much splashing money. We got a lot of players at Barca that I wouldn't consider Barca quality and just shouldn't be there. And if we could... I mean, I don't know what players the board, our board considers dead weight, but according to them, if we got rid of all our dead weight or the players they wanted to get rid of, we would get, be getting rid of uh, $120 million in wages. So that would be 
you know, I'd like to get rid of them, you know, just to name a few. And if you agree, Christian, well, you can tell me afterwards if you agree or not. But um, let me find it real quick. But players like uh, Neto, uh, Umtiti, uh, Neto, Umtiti, Longley. Longley. Uh, Mingasa, I mean, he's already been rumored to go. He already accepted he'll leave. So, not him. Uh, Ricky Pooch, the only reason I include him, I'm a big fan of him, but I just don't see any place for him in this midfield. I don't see him breaking in at all. So, and he's also supposedly been told to leave. So, he'd be another one. And then up Luke front, Luke Young his loan ended. So, he's going back. But, uh, I say great Martin loan Wright, player, by the way. Yeah. Supposedly he's been he's supposedly he's going to Toluca. That's crazy. Oh yeah. Both of you both of I mean we were all shitting on him when he went to Bar Barcelona. Yeah. Yeah. He turned out a great loan player, but we were all shitting on him. Yeah, but I'd say the biggest one and then I'd say Brothwaite. Uh yeah, I mean if we get rid of all those players I'd be happy. But I know that probably won't happen because I think we've been trying to get rid of them for Free transfer windows now, and they just refuse to leave. So it sucks. I got a couple to add that list. I know we just extended Sergio Roberto's contract, but I would have much rather not. I think, and yeah. I don't think any Barca fan wants him in the club. Um, yeah. Marlon Pjanic is coming back from loan. Hopefully, he gets sold somewhere. Oh, yeah. yeah, hopefully he leaves. Um. Yeah, Marilyn Pijanic. Uh Francisco Trincao, I'd like to see him given a chance under Xavi. And apparently Xavi, according to the media, Xavi has said the same thing, that he wants to see him. And that if there's no solution for him, he'd like to see him in preseason before making the decision. So he would be, I'd be interested to see how he does. But, yeah, and it's just Brothwaite. Uh, he's the one that pisses me off because... He always struck me as a professional, and I know he has a fucking contract and whatnot, but, you know, when he comes out making comments, I think yesterday, he said, uh, I've played more in these four games with Denmark than I have with the whole season at Barca. Frankly, like, you know, complaining that he wasn't playing at Barca when he's been told multiple times that he's not part of the plans, but he just insists on staying, saying that he can fight for a position, but I truly don't think he'll play. I mean, he's been healthy. Since he's come back from injury, I think he. I don't think he's played a lot. I think he's played maybe a total of four games as a substitute. So, yeah, I just. If we can get rid of those and maybe sign like one or two players, I'd be happy. I'd be happy with a lot of those players leaving. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree with you. I think the only player we don't agree with is Mingueza. I'd love to see him stay, um, especially yeah, with the three at the back system. Yeah, I think he would be good at three at the back system, but um, supposedly he's already accepted his departure. You know, he's already accepted he's going to leave, and that Barca, I think they're looking to get around ten million for him, and they're going to include a buyback clause. But, yeah, I think he's gone. He's already accepted that he's going to leave. So yeah. Damn. But, yeah, Sergio Roberto. I want to get rid of him as well, dude. I've I've said it for the longest time. He's been living off that game-winning goal against PSG for the longest time, you know. People are always like, oh, but he does this and this. Like, he assists. It's like, he's a jack-of-all-trades, but he's not good at any. You know, he's not good at right-back. He's average at best at midfield. So I would have loved to get rid of him, but I think it was through Xavi's insistence because apparently our sporting director thought the same of him, you know. He didn't want him there at the club. It, apparently through Xavi's insistence and some other members of our board that they also wanted him. So that's the only reason they offered him a contract renewal. But I truly do think, unless he has a world-class season, I think this season will be, his upcoming season will be his last season at Barca. Yeah. But, uh, we are in for a transfer window next year because... Apparently, Sergio Busquets is leaving Barca. His contract expires at 23, and he's leaving. He's not staying. And he wants to go to MLS and retire there. And supposedly, Piquet might be on his way out, too. So, you know, if we're, we might be in for uh, quite a transfer window next year. All right. Anything else from any of you guys regarding 
anything we've touched on. Fuck the glazers. Say up the glazers. That was it for this week of the Future Footy Podcast. <laughs> Bro, leave the group chat right now. <laughs> God damn. See, I told you, bro. Dude, it just comes out naturally. Was that comes up? That was that was on purpose or was was that like legit no, an accident? Was an accident. <laughs> damn. <laughs> Why'd you start laughing, bro? <laughs> I realized right after I was like, oh fuck. What you realize? I realize that this is the fucking 90 and 60 now. Oh, I didn't even know what it's not. That was it for another episode of 90 and 60 plus. Uh, We'll be back next week with some new ideas, new content. This is me signing off. See you guys later. Yeah, we'll see you guys next week. Adios, everyone. See you guys next week.